We're back, back, back again. Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Takes All Over the Place. This week, Emma and I are coming at you from the attic. Kidding! Put that thing down, flip it, and reverse it. We are still in the basement, but Julie is on a hiatus as she does drugs across America. Kidding again! Gosh, I've got a chronic case of the sillies today. But she did get us hella hooked on the OC before she took some well-deserved time to focus on the 800,000 things she's currently working on, including, but not limited to, filming a shot-for-shot remake of True Romance, Suck It, Gus Van Zandt, recording her own rendition of 100% Pure Love, Suck It, Denali, and, like, actually working and being a boss-ass bitch. She's a bitch. She's a boss. She's, ah! Sorry, I thought Doja Cat was about to accuse me of being in a toxic parasocial relationship with her. Like, is her name Zero Base One? <laughs> no. So, like, as if, bitch. Anyways, Julie... Oh, I'm sorry. Emma. I miss her already. <laughs> Anyways, Emma and I, with Julie's spirit, deep, deep inside of us, will be heading to California, Gay Britain, then Perry, to pop our Heartstopper Season 2, Cherry, and look out for Emma Lee. Selena is not the only one you have to keep an eye out for, so let's dive in. Takes all over the place. Takes all over the place. What? Takes all over the place. What? Takes all over the place. Yes. Takes all over the place. Takes, takes, takes. That was perfect. Amazing. In the arms of an angel, fly away. Sorry, I didn't see you there. I was busy being pulled out of the wreckage of my silent reverie while gazing longingly at Julie's chair, mouth yearning for her mints and her kiss. Ah, she would have hated that. Anyway. Emma and I are here. Julie is on hiatus, which hopefully, unlike 30 Rock's first season finale, episode entitled Hiatus, has fewer kidnappings and bird bones because, like, those break easy. Uh, but we're here to keep the spirit alive, and Asa Bear is on deck if we need a hype bear. Emma, how's it going? It's going all right. I guess I have to talk a lot more this time. I don't think that'll be necessary. I think I'm like a goldfish. I will fill up whatever vacuum I am in and I'm fully prepared to give many monologues, including my acclaimed Levi Coffin for Underground Railroad Oration Week. Fourth grade. Mm -hmm. Or other compelling things. Absolutely. So many things. We'll talk about compelling things. Julie did get us fully hooked on the OC before she did. Just dropped that into our laps and then ran away. What a miracle. She was just like, hey, I am going to take time to do the many things that I'm doing um, and get my life reorganized and shit. Um, but like, good luck with this. And it's the OC, only four seasons. But the first season is like 800 episodes. 27. 27 mm -hmm. episodes. Yeah. So how did that break down the structure? Well, so we definitely started. The reason Julie got us into this mess is because the prestige TV podcast that we both listen to decided to watch for the 20th anniversary the first seven episodes which were released that summer of 2003 as like a teaser ahead of a full 20 episode season to come it and is, that teaser worked <laughs> it is dense as fuck like i literally wikipedia it before here because i'm a researcher i do science oh my god and it was like soap opera and i was like it is a fucking soap opera because every fucking episode there's so much i was like Jesus Christ. Yeah. In seven episodes, we go through an entire season's worth. I mean, yeah. Right. These are still the days where it's like, put a pilot out that's good, otherwise you don't get a show. You know, there's their stakes are higher. <laughs> ah, and the people were hotter. Let's be honest. <laughs> Whew. People were very hot. Seth Cohen can get it all day long. <laughs> Interesting. Because, like, I'm more of a rye guy myself. 
he's kind of cardboard. Yeah, that's fine. I have enough personality for the both of us. I don't need someone to liven up the room. I am the life, and you just need to hold my back. That's all you need. He says so few words. And you he's guys also would balance each other out really well. He's also so old. He is so old. He was 25 when they started filming that, whereas Marissa Cooper, played by Misha Barton, 17. So, like, not cool. In 2023, we would cast differently, I think. Yeah, yeah. And we would not make a 25-year-old make out with a minor. It's interesting how, like... Misha Barton's character, what's her name again? She's like the titular character. But what can Melissa, we do? wait, I just said it. <laughs> Marissa. Marissa. Yeah. She's the titular character. She's the OC. <laughs> so like the OC starts dating Ryan. Um, but no, I know Ryan and Marissa are supposed to be the main romance, but it literally is Ryan and Seth, the bromance, super cute. Mm -hmm. Two dudes who are just like loving each other's company, very friendship oriented, platonic, brother brethren ish and just very, brothers very quickly <laughs> very cute and earnest and just honest and you don't see male relationships like that often it's true and then you also have uh seth and summer yeah which i guess turned out to be the romantic heart did you ever finish the show no i don't finish a lot of things <laughs> i guess we know that <laughs> i'm on paxel it's hard for me to finish <laughs> So sorry. TMI. Even I when am it's your sister, it's <laughs> just your sister in this room. I know. It really isn't the Julie buffer, is it? I just can't be tamed. Uh, anyway, I didn't finish, but in listening to the podcast about this, I guess it ends. Season four has a Seth Summer wedding. Spoiler alert! <gasps> Cute. So I think very clearly they're like, this is the relationship at the heart of this show. Sorry, Ryan and Marissa, but also thank God we didn't have to watch that aged. Like I'm sure it only looked more disparate. As he got older. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there were a bunch of moments that I know, like, teenage us were supposed to be, like, cute. But now adult us are just, like, toxic, gross, gaslighting, love bomb, nonsense. Mm -hmm. Communicate with each other. It's wild. Um, yeah, in 2003, you watched this when it initially came out, right? Oh, yeah. That part. <laughs> I was a sophomore in high school. I was, like, prime target for this. <laughs> I was also prime target for, like, I mean... The beauty standards portrayed in Newport Beach, California. Insane. <laughs> compared to awkward, dumpy 10th grader in Cincinnati, Ohio. You were not awkward. Well, you were awkward, but I you weren't dumpy. <laughs> you were not dumpy. Jesus Christ. You were an icon. You were in a band. <laughs> Again, and I don't even think that was till junior year. Sophomore, I had pre-bloomed for whatever blossoming we can say I did in high school. Like Zero was... Base One, <laughs> whose debut song, In Bloom, took the K-pop and my personal world by storm. Man, you can't step anywhere without stepping into a K-pop hole. It just is, it is the corpus callosum that unites the two hemispheres of the earth in which we reside. Not to mix 80 metaphors. <laughs> but do. Um, I didn't watch it when it initially came out in 2003. That was the summer between my seventh and eighth grade years. Um, I do remember... Uh, running for cross country um, and we were like doing some track work and they were playing on the loudspeakers because like the track went around the football field the California song and I was just like oh my god I'm in a teen drama and I'm the teen I am 13 years old and I'm about to make my mark on society do you know so Phantom Planet who does that theme song Jason Schwartzman is the drummer really yes uh, from Marie Antoinette and other things? The like, actor in all of the Wes Anderson movies, Rushmore. And Marie Antoinette? <laughs> I did not see Marie Antoinette. That's the only thing I know him from. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did not realize that he was part of that. Mm -hmm. I, he left the band, I think, shortly after, but that's him playing drums on the <laughs> Cute. theme song. 
He was also Fun in uh, Coconut Records, I think is the band name. They're like, and he's been nighttime and baby. So he's like <laughs> so many musicians. Yeah. <laughs> God darn. Yeah, well, that was one of the most iconic opening songs, too. Like, same as, I don't oh, want to yeah. wait for our lives to be over. It's a perfect song. I wish they played more of it every time. It, I will. I listen to that. I've, I've been. I've continued beyond the seven episodes that were like recommended. I guess by the Prestige TV podcast. Yeah. I've made it through Thanksgiving of the first season. That's where I am too. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even it's when dense. It's, yeah. like I can't watch more than like one at a time. No, after forty minutes, it's not like it's interesting. It's sort of like uh, it's sort of like a new Jeans song to compare mm. it to K-pop, mm-hmm. where it's like current TV is like the new Gene song where it's like two minutes and 30 seconds. There's no bridge. It sort of goes on and on again, a lyric from the song. And then you're just like, Ooh, I'm not fully satisfied. So I'm going to listen to it again. It piques your interest. And then you've like had a hundred plays in a day back then. It was just like a three minute, 45 second, perfect song with a bridge. The two choruses didn't bore us, got it done. And you could listen to it once. And you were like, I feel complete. And I'm going to listen to the song in the rain when I'm sad. <laughs> That's what the OC is. You need time to recover. It was very different when there was serialized dramas that happened once a week because they'd have a lot of stuff to engage you mm-hmm. and then keep you coming back for more. And I miss it. I was like, I like this kind of TV. I would, you know, I would support this coming back. Yeah. Wherever we're at with the writer's strike in the future of television. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like, yeah, if you watch this. I'm into appointment television again. <laughs> well, if you watch this as a binge moment, um, it would be super overwhelming. <laughs> this much. was meant to be watched over the it course is. of an entire year. It is already insanity. <laughs> Can you imagine Yellow Jackets having 27 episodes? I'm I'd so off glad. myself. <laughs> I do find it amazing because we'll talk about Heart Stopper in a second. But like the preeminent um, men loving men show is Heart Stopper, and the preeminent women loving women show is Yellow Jackets. Is that the preeminent? What name another one? Women loving women. Like sapphic, lesbianic, yes. hailing from lesbos. I mean, I follow the most account of, from Netflix. So I feel like they've done. She's an ally. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. <laughs> All right, Imogen. I'm just trying to. I didn't watch the Netflix Sabrina. Did it have lesbians? I only watched the. I don't know. The shows that Netflix chooses to keep on are wild because mm-hmm. Sabrina. I watched the first one, maybe two seasons, and then was out. Again, I'm a fickle little bitch. Mm-hmm. It's tough to keep me engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if I like something too much, I don't want it to end, so I won't watch it. So like, there's really no winning with me. I'm not a great viewer. I've stopped uh, trying long ago. <laughs> Sometimes you just need the persistence to have everyone <laughs> you love around you give up. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, but yeah, I didn't watch the rest of it. I mean, there was like lesbian stuff. It was like the main part lesbian and i guess that like it's not main lesbian it's like murder in the woods but that's like the most engaging lesbian content that i can think of yeah i hate that i feel like something else might pop in my brain these fucking kens over here need a a beautiful rom-com and these fucking barbies are fighting for the death in the woods how fucking metal is that (laughs) a metal as much metal as you expect for as most women do (laughs) They shed an organ every fucking month. That's insane. <laughs> Just the lining. <laughs> That's obscene. Yeah. Talking about it's even better. <laughs> um, so, yes, I'm in the Thanksgiving episode, too. So we've got Ryan, who was born on the wrong side of the tracks. He was a Chino <laughs> baby. Um, 
and then was basically adopted by Seth Cohen's dad. Very quickly. Very quickly, he brought that straight puppy home, and they made him their child. <laughs> it's amazing how fast things move and how more stories overpopulate. It is sort of like a malignant tumor of storytelling where the the cell divisions are happening so quickly that you're just like, oh, my God, we're building something beautiful. And then it becomes like after four seasons, this monstrous <laughs> plot line, amorphous blob of ah. I think Josh Schwartz, the creator, did has said that in hindsight he would have maybe drawn things out a bit more. I think he was a baby showrunner yeah. for the OC. He also did Gossip Girl. Did you know that? Because you told me, yeah. Oh. You're the keeper of always done. <laughs> But that makes so much sense, doesn't mm. it? Like, it's a very similar, like, an outsider gains entree into this, like, wild, rich world um, in Gossip Girl, The Upper East Side. I do like Ryan better than I think I like uh, Penn Badgley. Is that because he became Gossip Girl, even though that didn't make sense at all? <laughs> or is it because he's now in You, where he's a psychopath? Maybe both. Or is it because he looks like he doesn't shower, where Ryan still looks like... Cleanly and well kept, but you do have to ask him who he voted for before you like fully entrust. <laughs> I mean, it's probably an all of the above situation. That's fair. I don't know why I couldn't root for Penn Badgley <laughs> in the Upper East Side. I just wanted Blair to take him down constantly. That's but fair. maybe, I mean, Blair and Summer end up being the like the heroes of these shows, even though I'm not sure they were supposed to be. They were not like they're the the sidekick. They're the best friend of I think who's supposed to be the main character. But the main characters both are kind of boring. And then it's like this sidekick has a way more going on for her. Well and I think also the blondes were pretty much reviled until Barbie changed the narrative. <laughs> Thank you, Greta and Margot. But I do also think In what world have blondes been reviled? <laughs> Stay with me. Okay. So we've got Misha Barton. We've got Blake Lively. Mm -hmm. um, Misha Barton was coming up at the same time as like Lindsay Lohan, the maturation. Mm -hmm. And they were both waif thin, super heroin chic. And then as soon as their lives started to go awry because of constant media pressure, they were shamed for going crazy. They were glorified for going crazy. And then when they gained weight and looked like a normal human, they were called obese monsters. This was true for Blake Lively as well. Well, I don't think Blake Lively actually talks. <laughs> I, like, like, I think that's just Misha Barton. That's story. Misha Barton, but I do feel like also Jessica Simpson, another blonde. Mm -hmm. She was in the same sort of ilk where it's like she can wait. People were like, oh my God, it's a beached whale. And it's like, no, this is a normal human woman. But back in 2008, we were all just like, oh, wow, yeah, she really let herself go. Toxic, insane. Um, so the blondes, when, you're, when you are pretty and young <laughs> and stereotypical and the media puts you in a spotlight. Everyone else is just like, fuck you. You're all my insecurities in the forefront. But you know who's not? This little this little brunette bitch. <laughs> I can rely on her. She's me. She's alternative. She's different. Oh, you like oh, the mainstream blonde? <laughs> I'm going to like this girl over here. It's I don't know. Yeah, there's something fun about liking the person who you're clearly supposed to hate from the beginning or who's clearly like the most hateable, has the most hateable writing. Yeah. Uh, but... Both of them performed it. Well, and then the fact that Seth Cohen ended up marrying Blair from <laughs> Gossip Girl. IRL, yeah. Oh, it's just one of my favorite things that exists in this world. Even though he should have married Keiko. Oh. From, <laughs> from Gilmore, Gilmore Girls, Girls Lane? <laughs> yes. We had him as beautiful Dave Grigowski or Grigowski or Grigowska. Um, <laughs> Dave Grigowski. Yes. Dave Grigowski, something Eastern European. <laughs> and then he was taken away from us by the OC. He was, yeah. Answer for your sins, Ryan. I know. Ryan Schwartz? Josh Schwartz. Josh Schwartz. I'm thinking of Ryan Murphy. Most of the times when I'm yelling about a showrunner, <laughs> it's about Ryan Murphy because like, he can suck it. Yeah. 
he can also take it. I'm, I'm sure so, he's been yelling at a lot. He can, whatever he needs. I'm so tired of these <laughs> milk toast white men, which is interesting because I am like, Ryan Hicks, even though he is- He is milk toast white man. He is the human embodiment of toast, milky white toast. Boring, flat, gonna give you IBS, but like goddamn worth the ride. Gonna give you IBS. Are you still on your low FODMAP journey? I saw the change in your eyes and I knew I needed to repent for my sins. I am not, I am. It's interesting. I was just like talking about another six on the Enneagram and how they always do things to the extreme. And I was like, you need to calm down. And I'm like- Oh wait, that's me. <laughs> uh, because I went really it's hard. know. <laughs> <laughs> I went really hard on the low fun map thing. Um, yeah, you did. <laughs> just long enough to figure out how to pronounce it, and then slowly drifted away. So I just need to find out like routine and like how to do things neutrally and consistently. And so I just need to figure out how to be like a different person. <laughs> um, and so I'll download some apps and I'll get on that. Amazing. Uh, but right now, no, I'm not. I guess the follow-up question would be to ask how your bowels have been, but I don't they super want to ask. <laughs> I will say it, that was a great time for my body <laughs> while I was on vacation, but it's just not sustainable mm, to yeah. not eat all the things that I want <laughs> while also holding down a full-time job and being a it's full-time so citizen of this society. I blame society. As you should. Thank you. <laughs> because society is the Twitter, I'm sorry, the X. Uh, that keeps saying Justin Trudeau just divorced his wife and now he's with some hot boy toy. It's his son. There was a picture <laughs> of him and his son seeing Barbie and everyone was like, I knew it. It's like, no one is more pedophilically sex obsessed than the far right. Oh and I God. just like, oh what? Deflection much? Guys, shut it down. Also on Twitter, because um, we won't do the tweets of the week because that's Julie's thing, obviously. No, but I think it's fair to bring out whatever internet nonsense has been distracting you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So also on Twitter, everyone's pumped because Barbie reached a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. um, Margot Robbie was like, yeah, I was pitching this movie. And I was like, it's a billion dollar movie. And like, maybe I overshot it. But, you know, I was trying to get a movie made. And then it was like, they made a billion dollars. And suddenly we didn't care about capitalism anymore. And we were just like, yay, money. <laughs> it still does hit because it's the highest grossing Film and the first film to cross a billion dollars that was solely directed by a woman, Greta Gerwig, Damn, which hits and led message. by a woman with a great message. And all those people who are like, go woke, go broke. It's like, I mean, objectively didn't. So like, suck it. Mm -hmm. um, have you seen the Montgomery Brawl video? No. Okay. So, oh my God. It's just like, <laughs> it's interesting when someone actually like works and is a mother <laughs> and doesn't spend all of their time on, on social media. I, sh I showed you what comes up when I'm browsing social media and it's like, infant feeding tips and cute dogs being rocked in infant chairs which is so sweet <laughs> meanwhile mine is infinite a k-pop band that has come back after like a decade that i've suddenly become very into zero base one uh -huh. from boys planet fame uh -huh. and all their gay nonsense super fucking cute and this montgomery brawl thing so really shitty circumstance this fairy is trying to dock and there's a private speedboat in its way the dock owner, policeman, guard, whatever, uh, is trying to tell those people to move their boat. Uh -huh. They do not. He's a black man. They're white. They start beating him. And then all of a sudden, like, there are all these other black people who are coming in to defend his honor and help take care of them. And there's one dude who literally swims from the ferry up to the dock. And the internet went like, Avengers assemble and everyone just sort of like appears and it's a very cinematic moment obviously super shitty that uh -huh. there's just like this racist attack going on but ultimately the racist white people were arrested and now we get all this content of these people just like swarming in to protect this dude and like beating the shit out of these fucking white racists so wow that's amazing wholesome 
cleansing. I mean, horrifying, but I'm glad. Oh, absolutely terrible. Um, indicative of the endemic bullshit that exists in our society. Um, but at least it had a positive ending. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it sounds like justice was served, which is, you know, what Rare. we'd love to see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and um, and then tennis has been happening. Coco Goff won another title. She's killing it. Simone Biles where is back. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? She is in DC right now. Um, Ooh, she's the only one I think who didn't pass out, <laughs> and so that's why she won. Because of the heat. Well, because DC's like on court, it was like 117 degrees plus of humidity. The heat. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's only one person who passed out. Sad, but they're okay. <laughs> um, and it was on the men's tour week, and. Uh, <laughs> Coco won a title, so we love to see it. And then Simone Biles is back in action uh, at the Classic. She just won. So she came back from, obviously, the twisties that she had in 2021, uh -huh. where she couldn't compete. It was sort of like the yips because of all the pressure that was put on her and everything else going on. She's come back. She looks vibrant. She's having fun. She's the greatest athlete of all time. I said it. Yeah. I fucking said he it. He said it before, and he'll say it again. I just, like, her and Serena Williams are, like, neck and neck. Everyone else can suck it. Mm-hmm. Um, because do what she does. And she's still doing her high-octane shit, like all of her record-breaking, never-been-done-before-no-one-can-do-it-again type shit, she's still doing. And so she didn't back Damn. down. She won't back down. Damn. Face so, down those twisties. I've been very into sports, um, except for women's <laughs> soccer, because that was a sad situation. Do we talk about it? I didn't. I don't know anything about it, other than it seemed like the U.S. was headed off to a game that we were hoping to win. And they didn't. Uh. So they're out. They're out. They okay. went out in the last 16, and everyone's like, it's because they got woke. And it's like, what do you even think that word means anymore? Yeah. <laughs> we throw it around for everything. It's exhausting. Um, and then it's just like K-pop Twitter right now. So just like <laughs> all my boys doing all their gay things, and it's it's very precious. Is there strong pushback to the X, or are people just kind of letting it happen, or do we have no say? I mean, everyone's been making jokes about it. Like, people were changing the icon on their homepage to whatever the fuck they wanted, either to the old Twitter. Um, the World Wildlife Fund had a really fun thing of the evolution of all the different birds as Twitter and then the X, and they were like, donate to save, you know, before extinction, mm -hmm. all these animals. So that was a nice little, yeah. I mean, really sad story uh -huh. and reality, <laughs> um, but a nice, like, typography to, thing. Yeah, yeah. like, marketing-wise. in the loss of Twitter with the loss of a lot of other wildlife. Just to make us sad about everything. But most <laughs> everyone's just like, fuck this selfish billionaire. And a lot of people were just like, okay, so, like, you want us to take on this new name, but you're still dead naming your trans daughter. Make it make sense. But apparently he's been obsessed with X since PayPal. So everyone's still calling it Twitter, though. Yeah, because it's Twitter. It's just annoying whenever it's, like, in my tabs because it does look like porn. <laughs> it looks like I'm on X videos or some other something. And I'm just like, or, like, a gay dating app. But, like, uh -huh. one of those ones that caters to a fetish that I'm not particularly into. Um, and it's just. I didn't even think of that. It's very, like male scented perfume stuff where it's not yep. like tropical river it's like avalanche massacre and it's like <laughs> why i don't want to smell like a massacre i don't want to be like the scent of a major death event anyway so that's what we missed on x <laughs> god will he be taken down this probably isn't the podcast that's going to figure that out but that's my question hope and light <laughs> we can hope that someone will light him on fire <laughs> Talking about hope and light, we have Heartstopper back. The ultimate hope and light. <laughs> so precious. 
So we have only seen, did you go further? No. So we've only seen the first three episodes, and I'm assuming it's another eight to ten episodes. No one knows. It's the beauty of life. Uh-huh. We're just kind of taking it one day as it comes. So we're, we're not going to spoil the whole series. We're just getting into it a little bit. And that way you can watch along with us. So if you've not started, like... <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it, but also turn away if you haven't, but also know we'll be talking about the entire series next week. So you've got time to catch up, binge with us, and then we can circle back and discuss it as a team and community because I have a lot of feelings. So the first one... Absolutely iconic, super wholesome, pure perfection. Emphasis on the pure because it was very much just people owning their queerness in a space where people recognized and respected them as they were. Mm -hmm. Absolutely perfection confection without getting saccharine. It was like beautiful. Um, And then season two. I have a difficult enough time for things that I love going back to them because Mm -hmm. I'm like, what if it changes? What if I've changed? What if I can appreciate it in the same way? Is this depression? Is this just growth? What's happening? (laughs) And season two tends to be we're like, oh, you had a really great time. The plot point now has to be drama that we get over or don't. And that's life. I don't understand that. I don't understand why we have to kill off characters. I don't understand why we have to wait for the couples to get together or they get together and then they break up because no one's satisfied once they're together. I will watch six seasons in a fucking movie about a (laughs) sweet couple like Nick and Charlie just living their life for the next six years. I don't need drama. I don't need reality. Why why would I? You know what thought I just had? Like, I get that it is how writers create plot and, like, there needs to be narrative arcs and blah, blah, blah. All the things that take away from us just being able to live in that but you know what world is created that lets us just live with happy couples the sims <laughs> I fucking love the sims it's like that's what that is yeah and that's why we gravitated so much to the sims and that's why i had a family named gay you g-a-y-e <laughs> marvin gay because like classic that was just a bunch of dudes doing each other in like 2003 while other people were watching the oc i was making dudes bang in the sims Similarly racy, honestly. Felt great about it. <laughs> honestly, the OC couldn't touch what was happening in the Sim family <laughs> when I was 12 years old. Crazy. Uh, so hard stop for season two. Anyway, so I went into it with a little bit of reservation. Fair. Because I was like, there's going to be sadness. You've we're been gonna here have, before. We're going to have to go through those narrative tropes. It's like, okay, writers, is this why you're on strike? Because you keep making <laughs> sad shit happen? Um, will AI make a happy ending? Just kidding. <laughs> Support the writers. Fuck AI. Fuck the studios. Um, but so far it's been good. I mean, there has been that awkwardness, but it feels very organic. Just like these are how teens grow into something. And these are the expectations we have, which felt honestly like an attack on me because Charlie <laughs> is very idealistic and his vision of how his relationship is going to manifest with Nick. And suddenly it takes turns that he wasn't anticipating and he's not able to shield him from all the shit that he went through during his outing. I mean, the fact that Charlie's instinct is I want to shield him. It's like, you are a waif of a, a waif creature. Of, I know. It's like, first of all. And Nick is not a waif. <laughs> we're supposed to expect that this happened the day after the last one ended. Nick has gained, I don't know what stone means, but I'll just do it for the sake of the anglophilic nature of what's happening. Yes. He's gained. 40 stone of muscle. Just like a bunch of butt muscle and ab muscle what and did you arm call muscle. His cake? Posterior. Yeah. He's caked up. He got caked up. Cake, 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 cake. It's a new Itzy song. K pop. All roads lead to Korea. They do indeed. Um, but yeah, so they're like having difficulty because Charlie um is like being supportive of him, but Nick. Um, wants to come out, but is having difficulty coming out. And then there's that whole bi erasure shit too, mm-hmm. where it's just like, okay, you're gay. And it's like, no, I'm actually bi. And they're like, that's not a thing. Um, when it very much is. And then we've got the relationship between Darcy and 
Great question. <laughs> Tara. Tara, Darcy. yes. Oh, my God. And Darcy's the bitch. Anyway, so Tara's being super authentic. First of all, she went through the very difficult thing that Nick is currently undergoing of coming out when people expected and anticipated she was straight. Wild that you still have to come out. But it's lovely that Gen Z seems to be having a much better time with this. Um, and then Darcy's just like, oh, my God, do you love me? Let me change the subject. Gaslight what? date key girl boss. No. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> I like the fact that they have enough of an ensemble of friends and relationships that to have like, you know, to have narrative points, to have plot through season two, it doesn't have to be Nick and Charlie were good and now they're bad. No. <laughs> we can be Nick and Charlie are figuring it out and they're still pretty adorable. And then also Tara and Darcy, their friend. Ooh, they're having some trouble. Tao and Elle are having some weirdness, but now Tao is super hot <laughs> with his lack of Elle doesn't think so. <laughs> she wants to fly on that nine. <laughs> Uh, but it is cute because then we have all these people going through the trials and tribulations that we were rooting for in the first one, which is good and like realistic and like whatever. But then we've got Isaac. Isaac out of nowhere. With this dude. <laughs> He's like, what are we running in the woods? My most rewatchable <laughs> oh, moment. we're running. <laughs> we're running now. And I'm just like, he's so sweet. He was super. He knew before anyone else what was arising between Charlie and Nick and was just like, Godspeed. Bless up. None of my business. Let's just vibe. I'm reading my books. And he is the definition of vibes. Vibes. And then we've got the sister, too, who sometimes <laughs> does not have a drink, which is shocking. Well, she seems more angsty uh, and anxious when she does not have a drink. So. And I am, too, because she is peace and she's <laughs> like, light. Like, she is thirsty. I can't tell. I mean, I think it's both. I think she's an amazing character, super hilarious, very deadpan. I do tend to love those sort of, like, droll, banged, <laughs> just like. Because, like. I'll just pop up out of nowhere and say something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Paris is my favorite character from Gilmore Girls. I very much yes. like that energy. <laughs> um, but I also think it's because she's like a supportive sister, and I have a very supportive sister, so I see some of you and her, and it's just like super sweet on the screen. Uh, but she's still around. Um, the rugby boys are doing what they're doing, and everyone like wants to be there for him. It's sort of like Noah Schnappelopagus, who played Will on Stranger Things, came out to Millie Bobby Brown and when he was describing how he came out to Millie Bobby Brown he was like I'm gay and she was like you finally told me like she fucking knew yeah everyone knew <laughs> but it still is big even if everyone knows to come out so yeah it is interesting to see that portrayed well, it's such an intense declarative that isn't actually like straight people don't have to do it <laughs> it does feel like very much like like the end of an epic. Like you look in a sedimentary rock or like the tree rings and it's like, okay, this is a line of demarcation for what? And so it feels like a major deal and you're afraid that like life will be different on the other side or the very least there's like an 80 and a BC. This mm -hmm. is before I came out and after I came out and everyone knows, but like I know they'll be supportive, but there's still that seed of doubt and all this shit and it swirls and it's just like, ah, gross for what? So I very much appreciate, because I work with a lot of Gen Zers now, and it's nice to see, first of all, how all of them are queer in some <laughs> regard, and they're just like, yeah, that's life. Um, and also how casually the, they do it, and they've just like, you know, introduced their high school girlfriends or boyfriends or same gender or like whatever partners to their parents, and they're just like, oh, cool, that's, that's how I know who your preference is in this moment, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be like a big fucking deal. Yes. So it's nice. That's what we should be moving towards. And I think we are. Yeah. Even though, well, no, we won't even mention that. I'm names. curious if that's where this season of Heartstopper is going. Like, I wonder how far they're going to, like, is the drama of, like, Nick needs to come out or waiting for Nick to come out going to result in him eventually coming out? Or do we just keep challenging it? Because I feel like they started having, maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like they started having this, like, 
you know, you shouldn't have to make that declaration. Like, yeah. you shouldn't have to come out to your friends. Like, you should just be able to be in a relationship with whoever you want to be in a relationship with. And, like, then people will know if they care. That Why should they give a fuck? It's not their life. It's not their, you know. So it's like, I wonder which path it's going to take. Yeah, I think it's heading towards that one. And they've already, like, set the foundation for that. But that goddamn brother of Nick's is going to fuck shit up. And I think that's what the tension. So this is very much like, you know, if you've got a homophobic individual in your family and olivia coleman is not doing enough to protect her son in these moments you don't think so i mean she's i no well i guess she is i want her to be is in these moments but it's like what what have we been doing the last 20 years to get this kid this way like he is an asshole monster and she's just like don't welcome him back in your home i mean i guess i just want her to be like the boss ass bitch like fan cam edit to (laughs) just like a sweetie song being like i'm a i'm a beat you (laughs) out the house unless you come correct um, when she is just like protecting Nick and allowing him space to come out as an own without like outing him um, to her brother or to his brother. My Complexities. Too, I know. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> she is not outing Nick by being overtly supportive or dismissive to the brother's homophobic notions mm-hmm. to protect Nick's secret so he can come out on his own terms if he wants to. I think it's very nuanced layers, and it obviously comes from a good place, but I just want to smack that bitch in the mouth. The brother, not Olivia Coleman. Most people. (laughs) Fair. Most people these days. (laughs) Anyway, so we're obviously watching towards the end. We're in Paris now. Uh, Oh, and the other romance, we've got the super sweet teacher who let Charlie always eat in his class with Victor Crumb, of all people. It's not actually Victor Crumb. No, but he looks like the Bulgarian (laughs) Durmstrang hottie. Yes. And they're developing a little something. And I just love that there's so, you're right, there's so many queer romances and Every romance is queer. (laughs) Every romance is queer. Except poor Imogen is trying to live in her straight love life, and it is not going well. No. Because everyone she loves is queer. (laughs) Well, I also feel so much for Imogen because it is just like, you know, everyone's around her queer, and she's just trying to exist, and she doesn't have a lot of friends, and she's having, like, a heterosexual relationship with someone who was in a homosexual relationship with Charlie, and the amount of tension she feels. And And it's just an asshole to her. (sighs) She deserves so much more. She's very sweet. (laughs) And when Nick came out, she hugged him and was just like, I don't know how to react, but I'm hugging you. Yeah, maybe this season will bring us justice for Imogen. Not that it's really about her, but... It is now. She's an ally. (laughs) We need allies. Okay, there's only like 10% of people are queer um so we need our allies to step up she's you know bringing that vulnerability to you know center stage that i feel like deserves to be rewarded whereas darcy let's see it where's your vulnerability prove to us that you deserve tara i'm thinking brother of nick uh gets in a street race with bash a street race a street race a straight off if you will like i'm gonna prove how straight i am we're straight people they crash Mm. they die Mm. the world is rid of them people come together uh, realizing how much better the world is without them. Interesting. Fade to black credits. <laughs> Who needs writers? <laughs> I mean, it's, bitch, I got this. Nick's going to scab his way no, to Hollywood. No, no, I'm not a scab. I'm a scab. <laughs> Even though I do have a lot of scabs because it's mosquito season and I Gross. scratch pretty heartily. Uh, but so far, gemstone-wise, Heartstopper continues to be amazing. Oh, yeah. I know I didn't give a gemstone count. I'm going to give it like 95, 96. Yeah. The first one was 100. Absolutely perfect. And I'm excited to see where this one goes. Yeah. We can't give it full gemstones until we've seen what happens. And you can see what happens along with us, gentle viewers. (laughs) In your own home. With your own snacks. I mean, 
my address is redacted at redacted redacted. <laughs> Come on by. Let's hang out. I've got snacks for all of us. Yeah, Snicks just feng shuied his second room. So <laughs> Used to be Emma's room uh, in our family home. And I have just removed things because I'm decluttering. I'm recondoing my life. <laughs> by shoving it all into a closet and blocking off closet access. That part. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if it would actually count as feng shui, but it if it feels like feng shui to you, then it uh, is. Oh, you're right. This is like some Caucasian appropriation situation. <laughs> I just decluttered and move shit around mm-hmm. um, because for some reason with my OCD doorways are really tricky for me because like I tend to like you know touch on those doorways because we have a vibe <laughs> I'm just like loving on them touching on them you know and denominations of multiples of five you know just casually and then I'm walking through a doorway which already feels tight and restricting and there's like a closed off point where I feel even more tight and restricted and I'm like super limmy as it is I'm just like am I gonna freak out right now and then I take my packs and I'm like no we're good for the next 24 hours <laughs> So that's what's going on in my life. How are you? How's the babe? I love Limmy as a descriptor. He's good. He's got chonky limbs, so that's cute. He's, he's a little beast. <laughs> he's got like block feet and real chonky legs. I like it. <laughs> so good and precious. The temptation to eat them is strong. Well, the part of your brain that has affection or processes affection mm-hmm. and aggression are right next to each other, which is why you want to hug something so hard that you just want to squeeze the life out of yeah, it. Or bite, bite right its, into those thighs. <laughs> bite its thighs off. Yeah. He's got the cutest, chunkiest thighs. You're feeding him absolutely marvelously. He started on uh, purees, so he's been playing with some sweet potato and carrot. Oh, my God. I don't get to watch a lot of it because I work a lot, but Phil has said it's going well. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> the root vegetables. It's like your two passions, science and the earth. You're basically Miss Frizzle. My hair feels like no. I was about to. I was like, she's gonna make this about her hair. I swear to fucking god. But it is super frizzy today. I mean, we can just be honest about the situation in front of us. No, your hair is not frizzy. Frizz day. It's sleek. It's a stormy day. That's fine. (laughs) This is what happens. I know. I woke up this morning and it was absolutely downpouring. I was like, fuck yes, because you know sometimes you feel. I mean, you feel this all the time. I feel like I don't feel this often. But you feel kind of guilty about just like loafing in bed all day without doing something. When it's a rainy day, it's just like there are no expectations. That is what you're supposed to do. It is just vibes. Did cool. We talk about all the things we watched. Oh, I, mean, I watched the Beanie Bubble movie. Tell me about the Beanie Bubble Bubble. Because <laughs> I experienced the Beanie Bubble Bubble. And I have experienced it through podcasts, and I was kind of not. I mean, thinking, I lived it. So. You, I mean, I was there too. We grew up together. Um, well, and we both also had Beanie Babies. Uh, you definitely took the investment piece scam seri- more seriously than I did. I went deep into <laughs> That was my capitalistic Republican phase. Thank God I went through it eight to 10 years old. <laughs> Um, but this version features Zach Galifianakis and then Elizabeth Banks and <laughs> Sarah Snook. Paulson? No, from the Succession. Yeah. Uh, and then a young actress who played a girl named Maya, and I don't know what the actress's name, but so it's, it's Maya. It's a and <laughs> Miguel. God, no. <laughs> Sorry. Brothers and sisters and best friends as well. It's us. <laughs> it's us. So this cute. is the Maya and Miguel episode. It's it <laughs> so cute. God damn, we're so precious. <laughs> but this movie, I'm not sure if Elizabeth Banks did it. I know she makes movies now. Um, and it does feel similar to Cocaine Bear as far as just like weird just and a wild story. Yeah. Uh, and there's a great that it opens on a semi truck full of Beanie Babies getting in, into an accident on a highway <gasps> and just Beanie Babies strewn everywhere. And no. then people going for them like every car stops and everyone just starts this like beanie baby grab and i guess it's that happened 
They're money. They were they were thought to be money um, there in the late '90s or in the mid to late '90s. So, but this story was about less about Ty, the like creepy guy that did uh, all of them, and yeah. more about these three women in his life. So, I was called a Ty. Everyone said know, it was Ty, but, but I said Ty. Well, it's his name. His his name's Ty, and like he's a narcissist. And that's why I never <laughs> spoiler alert. I never spoke his name. He's a narcissist, so he just named them after himself, uh, and. Elizabeth Banks plays the woman who he partnered with in the 80s to start his, like, his whole innovation on plush toys was to understuff them so that they were more poseable. Um, and then the beanies were an evolution of that. Brilliant. Uh, and then Sarah Snook. So she plays... The, the way to lead life is to not question <laughs> and just vibe. You're doing it amazing. Amazing. I'm really good at not questioning and just vibing. <laughs> Uh, she plays a woman that he ends up dating in the early 90s, uh, and she has two little girls from a previous relationship, and they help design a lot of the original Beanie Babies. Like, they designed Dot, the, like, puppy that didn't uh, have I know who Dot is. <laughs> um, and one of the, and the little cow. girls designed Spooky, who is a ghost. <gasps> a ghost, yeah. And it used to say in the hang tags, like, designed by Ava Harper. In Generation 1. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then narcissist tie in subsequent generations while engaged to be married to the mother changed it to designed by tie that's disgusting uh -huh. so he's awful but it's about her and her daughters and it's about elizabeth banks and then it's about um maya played by geraldine viswanathan she sounds amazing <laughs> she's i don't she seemed familiar but i don't think i've actually seen her in anything um she's great and she's like an intern who starts working for tie uh, and then she ends up being his right hand and then she asks to like get the credit like she knows about the internet so you know um, as the internet is being invented she sees that Beanie Babies are on eBay and she's like this is what's going to drive our sales like these becoming a collector's item the fact that these people like she at some trade show was like oh yeah those were retired so they're limited edition and these might be retired someday too like she helped Brilliant. kind of generate some of the, the thing that created the Beanie Baby craze that it was that plus the internet you know, was huge and she guided all of that and, you know, is one of the early internet pioneers in marketing. Um, and he screws them all over. But it's just about them kind of, it tells their story, which was actually way more interesting than I thought it was going to be, given that I have listened to podcasts about his story and how weird he is and how weird the whole bubble was. Um, but it was actually really fun to see played out. So yeah. that's on Apple TV. We love a feminist perspective on a shitty man mm -hmm. who, like, had his name behind an amazing product. One of the happiest days of my life is when <laughs> I got the dragon beanie baby in my Easter basket. And I remember running to and fro, holding it aloft like a messiah. The director was Kristen Gore, Al Gore's daughter. Oh, my God. Another Nepo, Nepo baby. baby. Jesus. Where are the opportunities for non-Nepos? God damn. I will say Jack Quaid is the only person from the Nepo baby magazine cover that has actually been photographed striking for SAG-AFTRA. <laughs> so Jack Wade, Quaid, who is also in um, Hunger Games and The Boys, mm -hmm. seems to be doing okay. Meanwhile, Dear Evan Peters, whenever they bring up the Nepo baby, is like, I need to shut down this interview. Evan That's Peters? Not Evan Peters. Dear Evan Hansen. Ben Platt. Who is he? He was in Dear Evan Hansen. But why is he in Nepo baby? Because his parents are famous. Oh. <laughs> by the Heard strictest that. definition of Nepo Baby. <laughs> I don't know who they were, but I think they're Broadway people, which is why I don't know them. Gotcha. He's Broadway Nepo. Yeah. 
But apparently he shuts it down. It's like, it would be so easy to be like, yeah, no, I understand that I've had a lot of privilege that has put me in this position. I understand. I respect that. But I really do enjoy what I do. And, you know, I want to keep, you know, doing what I love. And I do recognize that I was put into this place. But now that I have these opportunities, I want to make the most of them and uplift others who don't have the same opportunities. Bing, bam, boom. And instead he's like, I won't be speaking on this. And it's like, bitch. I don't know what age you are, but you look like you're 50 years old. You look like you're about to do the fucking Bob Ross documentary series. Mm-hmm. Or who's that dancer bitch? The jazzercise man. Oh, Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. <laughs> he looks very Richard Simmons coded right now. But not with the youthful mirth. I just hate a lot of gay people. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, have you hit up a therapist yet? Why? <laughs> I don't think I have anything to work on. <laughs> well, one develop you mentioned or improve. that you were going to slash said you had. Um, and you might be something you work out with them. <laughs> First of all, um, I have seen a therapist twice now. I know. New? Not Nancy. Not Nancy, no. A new therapist. She's lovely. Her yes. name's Ellen. <laughs> she likes to dance and be a lesbian on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dancing. <laughs> Um, but she's really sweet and lovely and has a perfect amount of like Nancy energy where it's just like, Hey, I'm going to call you on your bullshit. Uh, but not so much chain smoking and, um, like not casual cruelty, but sometimes she would go too far mm-hmm. where I'd be like, Hey, I don't think this is going to work for me. And she's like, you got to try it. And so then I'm listening for three straight nights to all of my fears that I've recorded and Dolby surround sound. Cause I just bought new earphones at that time. The <laughs> pandemic, um, you do what you did to make you happy. And I was like, mm. I don't think this is really working (laughs) unless the point is to cry. (laughs) I guess I'm feeling again. Uh, So she's good. And I've got my psychiatrist true. And we are planning to shift away from Paxil just because I've been on Paxil since 2011 when I was incarcerated at the Linder Center of Hope. Mm -hmm. Interned. (laughs) What's it called? Committed. (laughs) I was vibing at the the mental institution. You did a tour of duty. I did a tour of duty. Yeah. Um, for 13 days. Uh, but I've been on Paxil since then. And it's like an older medicine. And it's the only thing that's touched my OCD. And that's why I stayed on it. But I'd only tried like two antidepressants before then. And it's got like a host of side effects. So I'm going to see if perhaps something new will be something new and different. And if not, we'll go back to uh, we'll go back to Paxil. But I am nervous because like not only. Change is hard. Change is hard. Paxil has like a bitch of withdrawal symptoms. I've accidentally been on withdrawal twice. Did not love it. Felt electric shocks all over my body. It's electric. I am is going super crazy. Is that because you crazy. withdrew cold turkey? Or, like, is there a way to manage yeah, yeah. those symptoms? So you're supposed to, like, titrate down gradually. This is both times I went on vacation and didn't have enough meds or forgot my mm-hmm. meds or didn't re-up my meds. And so then I had, like, four days without my meds. Can you do, like, an overlap situation? That's what we planned planning on, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seems like that would build a bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to titrate down on Paxil, titrate up on, mm-hmm. I think we're going to try Zoloft. Cute. So we'll see. I don't know. Zoloft has cute commercials. Well, and there were a bunch of those, like, this Barbie's on Prozac, this yeah. Barbie's on Zoloft, but there was no this Barbie's on Paxil. That's so I was like, fuck Paxil, I got to get up this Barbie's on. <laughs> Gre- if Greta Gerwig wanted to be on Paxil, she would have made that clear. Made that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You would have the frame. That part. <laughs> Exactly. So we'll see how that goes. That's interesting. So I guess you're on just a very retro drug that no one else. (laughs) It's a very old one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So the side of it, I mean, like weight gain and like sexual side effects and people hate the weight gain and constant sweating. Like one of the reasons that I was put on Paxil initially was because of the weight gain side effect, because it makes you gain weight more than most others. Because I was so thin. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I'm not anymore. 
And so it might be nice to, you know. See something else. See something else. See a different vibe. Yeah. Yeah. We might feel good on the other side. Or, you know, I might be back at Lindner. We'll see. Do we have a timeline for this transition just to Just so you can work it in? Uh, It'll be like when I quit smoking and (laughs) I came across the service in the side stand being like, okay, so like, don't fuck this up. Okay, just like keep your eyes down, do your work, don't make contact either vocally or visually, and let's just get through this day, okay? <laughs> it has been almost six months, by the way. Six months. Okay. Well, no, I think it's actually five months. When was March? The third. So this is the eighth month. So it's been five months of smoke-free. That's math. amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I know, I'm very talented. Yes, you are. It's quite crazy. Yeah, uh, I'm five so months, proud six of you days. I'm so happy for your lungs. Thank you. We love it. What a happy app. <laughs> I know. I have 43% reduced risk of heart disease. Um, That's and huge. 4% <laughs> reduced risk of lung cancer. We'll get there. <laughs> if I can get there. <laughs> uh, how do you exit this? <laughs> but I've saved $1,000. Damn. Yeah, $1,034. Yeah. That's wild. So we're just like vibing. We're feng shuiing. We're changing our meds. We're vibing. We're beanie babying. We're on a journey this year. That is a theme. What's your journey? I became a mother. Oh, right. <laughs> I was like, first of all, no one has been through anything near what I've been through. I quit smoking. Um, but I guess giving birth like counts a little bit. Congratulations. Yeah, no, you've like started a whole new life. We're all radically changing as individuals. <laughs> you built a whole new life. You're Some of us more than others. Wife. Some of us more than others. <laughs> You're going through the most. You right, it's no. me. And Julie's on a journey somewhere outside of this table. I know. I hope it's not like the Odyssey. I hope she's not Odysseus, where it takes her 20 years to return to us. Yeah, she seems less likely to fall for the sirens or whoever kept Odysseus on that island forever. That's true. First of all, I don't think she'd be caught dead on a boat. (laughs) No, no. That would require her wanting to go to that party. (laughs) That part, yeah. Which there's no way in hell. (laughs) You're talking about the OC party? (laughs) Where they're on a yacht? No? Okay, different. (laughs) Bad. But let me go through my little like notes here to see if we touched on everything that I wanted to discuss. We did the reminiscence. We watched everything. <laughs> so we're going back, back, back again to the OC. Did that part. It does feel weird not to have Julie here like roasting the shit out of me <laughs> in a heartwarming way. Um, oh, forgot to mention this in the Twitter thing. Uh-huh. Planet of the Base. That's right. Oh, that's it. When my I wrote God. internet nonsense earlier, since I was like, Nick's going to talk about Planet of the Base. <laughs> One of the most perfect things ever. So there's this dude, Kyle Gordon, who has this alter ego, <laughs> aka DJ Crazy Times, and he lampoons all of these Euro pop bands from the late 90s, like Aqua, um, Venga Boys, sure oh, yes. Eiffel 65, <laughs> Labouche, ATC, all those bitches. Pretty much every artist that Ava Max has sampled for her songs. Um, he's done it. And it's just so fucking perfect. And it is just like this one weird dude who's just like saying shit behind this like... Do you want to play a sample for the audience? Let's play a sample for the audience. I was like, let me actually just like speak it out. Um, let me just speak my truth. I think it's in a medium that will transfer well to the podcast listeners. And it's also like the video is also amazing. So he's like, I don't know who recorded the vocals, but he keeps having these, like, female internet celebrities, personalities play mm-hmm. the female role. But, like, no one can top the first one. <laughs> She's perfect. Her visuals, her, like, facial expressions, absolutely amazing. 
And the full track is coming out very soon. Here we go. Nothing to be sad. Danger and dance. Clapping the hands. Women are my favorite guy. <laughs> Stop the war. Everybody movement. <laughs> so we'll start from the end. Um, everybody movement. It's like John Ralphio trying to rap, where he adds a superfluous character that ruins the rap. Everything was like, everybody move. Would have been great for this to stop. Movement. It's like. We're just making rhymes up. It doesn't matter what they mean. It just has to vibe. It fucking hits. I think this is why the transition. Women are my favorite guy. Women are my favorite guy. It feels very Ken coded. Oh, my God. Maybe this is why the natural transition to K-pop was so organic for me, because I'm used to just listening to nonsensical English lyrics. Aqua, that was one of our favorite albums growing up. We listened to the hell out of that. Nothing makes sense. It was all overtly sexual, except we didn't understand that. And there was a weird guy being like, from Come On Barbie, Let's Go Party, to just like saying weird shit in the background. Also, God, all around the world, the Venga Boys. Yeah, that was... That was my gay chrysalis that <laughs> brought me into a happier homosexual future. <laughs> thank you, Europop. And thank you, Kyle Gordon. <laughs> I can't wait to support you and dresses you for Halloween. <laughs> Danger and dance, clapping the hands. <laughs> Goddamn. Um, and then from the K-pop corner, Jean Somi. You know, we actually are out of time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought I had time to commandeer a segment now that Julie's gone. No one wants me to be happy. All right, are we playing a game? Awesome. <laughs> what Let's game do you want to play? Um, categories? Let's play categories, okay. yeah. While I set it up, you're welcome to tell the people about the K-pop. No, I don't want a, like, pity patronizing K-pop corner. We've talked for an hour already. We're great talkers. <laughs> We're great at speaking. And Joan Somi's great at singing. So she burst onto the scene uh, many years ago as the center of IOI, a survival show produced group. After that, she had some solo stuff, but nothing really took off until two or three years ago when she came out with Dum Dum and XOXO and Anymore. A couple of those songs featured in XOXO Kitty or whatever that was. XO Kitty. Mm -hmm. XO Kitty. Um, and now, after three years, she has a comeback. Usually, K-pop artists will come back every three to six months, which is insane and so much work. And she is very much more of like Western artist coded when it comes to the length between albums because she does tend to have fuller albums. Um, and they also seem to be very Western inspired. And by that, I mean they sound exactly like a Western song that was produced five <laughs> years ago, but is now partially in Korean. This one feels very Renaissance, like gay, taking over club beats moment. Sort of Planet of the Apes, but or Planet of the Bass, rather, but <laughs> slicker. Um, but I'm having to vibe for it. And in the video, she's got all these fucking queer dancers, presumably, because like in Korea, you know, many are not out. But like, 
queer dancers. But Nick can tell. From different uh, dance groups. And it just feels very much like, come on, Joan Somi, do it for the gays. Let's fucking go. They can't get married or have rights, but they can bop to the song. <laughs> What's the game? What <laughs> a quick little K-pop corner. Won't be next week. Julie, you better come back or these bitches about to get longer and longer. Do you. I love and appreciate you, but just know what's about to happen. All right. So we're going to play 10 categories. 60 seconds on the clock. 10, there's 11. No. There's 12. When I hit restart. <laughs> 60 seconds? Yeah. All right, but you're tired of recording. Like you're tired of me now. <laughs> Julie was the glue holding everything together and you can't stand me. Damn it. 60 seconds makes it a challenge. Oh, she's not denying it. <laughs> no. Gentle viewer, she is not denying it. You can see that hesitation, that silence, and that deflection. All right. We spent so much time in that attic. I'm very focused on having set up the game. Okay, bet. You did really well. Okay, bet. saying the things to the people so that they can play the game along. You're doing great. Okay. K is the letter. <laughs> yeah. Categories, there are 10. 60 are the seconds. <laughs> Let's clapping the hands. And go. And time. <laughs> All right. Well, that was cruel. Um, but for items in the suitcase, K, I put Kleenex. I put knickers. <laughs> you take a girl to Heartstopper, <laughs> and she just becomes insufferable. Uh, so we both got a point, right? Yep. But Colleges, universities, starting with K. I got Kent State. I got Kent. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> violence. I got Kentucky, like Kentucky University. Mm. Mm. University of Kentucky. Okay. Okay. Kentucky. Kentucky yeah, College. I get the Kentucky. I'm sure one of them exists. <laughs> Vehicles. I did not get one. Nor did I. No, I didn't understand any of that. Junk food. I got Krispy Kreme. Me too. Damn it! <laughs> I was like, fuck, I got this double letter score. Uh -huh. These we are usually thought that. <laughs> these are usually the times that Julie would jump in and like do something completely different from the attic hive mind. Mm -mm. Damn it. All right, heard. Animal. Koala. Kangaroo. Oh, hey, look at us. Both get, are they both marsupials? They're both marsupials, yeah. Cute. Australia. Item is in a refrigerator. Kale. Oh, good. Thank I didn't you. get one. Oh, wow. <laughs> Some of us just have talent. <laughs> um, sorry, I have to cry. I had already checked off two for a Krispy Kreme. I was so sure. Uh <laughs> Musical groups, I got Ken's from the Ken music. No, they are not a musical group. Why are they on Billboard? Um, I guess Ryan Gosling is on Billboard for Ken. I'll give you Ken's if you give me K-pop. No, <laughs> we both fail. Things you save up to buy. Cable Town. <laughs> Absolutely not. What? It starts with a K from 30 Rocky Dreads Bike. All right. <laughs> you don't save up to buy in the real world. Why do you want to go back to the real world? It's scary there. <laughs> Barbie, stay in Barbie land. <laughs> Terms you of measure. Did you not have one? Knots. You save it to buy knots? Huh? <laughs> like you save up to buy. No, no. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't save up to buy anything starting with a K. Oh, knots. That's good. I put Kelvin. Are they C? Kelvin's with a K. Is it? Yeah. Nice. It's like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> I went to summer school for chemistry, so I <laughs> think I know my stuff. Items uh, you take on a trip. I put Kleenex again. Okay, you can't have both. Kleenex. Okay, well, I just, you know, I just, just trying to do something, <laughs> not leave the board blank. What'd you have? My knitting. That's fair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that counts. <laughs> What'd you get? One, two, three, four, five. Me too. Oh my God. All tied up. 
tiebreaker? Obviously. No, no. <laughs> B for, well, we're going to find out. <laughs> and go. You have to click. Okay, you got it. <laughs> and time. It <laughs> was quite quick. It was. All right, so the letter was B. First category, bodies of water. Does the Bay of Pigs count? <laughs> <laughs> Is it an actual bay? I don't remember. <laughs> they don't want us to get into communism, so they didn't teach us much about Fidel. The Bay of Pigs. I don't... Let's find out. Yeah. I think it's a place. On April 17th, the Cuban exile invasion force known as Brigade 2506 landed at beaches along the Bay of Pigs and immediately came under heavy fire. Okay. We'll allow it. All right. What do you have? Um, the Bering Strait. Nice. <laughs> Pretentious, but... <laughs> Passable. Honeymoon spots. Bermuda. Me too. Damn it! I know. I was like, should I switch it to Bahamas? <laughs> Turns out the answer is yes. Things you do every day. Bathe. Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it up. Words associated with money. Buckaroonies. <laughs> nice. Bougie. Bougie, fair. Um, things in the sky. Birds. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking outer space. You're right. You know I mean? <laughs> That's also worth <laughs> Good job. It's tough. There's so much Fair pressure. Play. You only gave us 60 seconds. Um, things that can get you fired. Butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I said blowjobs. I think both count. <laughs> yes. And welcome to the dark side. Happy to have you. Capitals. Brasilia. The capital of Brazil. <laughs> Boise. Idaho. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, sandwiches. BLT. I didn't see that one. You're a chef. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see it. I literally went oh, capitals hurt. to kinds of dances. <laughs> um, congrats. Kinds of dances. Bomba? Is the bomba a dance? Look it up. I put ballet, and I know that's a dance. That's a dance. You killed that one. It does not appear to be a dance. <laughs> what is a bomba? It's a drum. Okay. How are you supposed to dance if you don't have drums? <laughs> so no bomba. Um, a boy's name. Bruce. <laughs> I never knew my father. One of us has to do Finding Nemo. <laughs> Julie's not here. And it Bernard. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Did you in the Bering Strait with Bernard? I got seven. Eight. Nick has taken the lead. Scandalo. A scandal. Going into the final round. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Julie somehow still wins. <laughs> All right, G. Let's do G. The letter is G. And go. I feel like I covered that. Sorry, I was mad at you for the first four seconds. <laughs> I know. You wasted some time. Oh, time. Jesus, that was poor. That was hard. I did not enjoy that. All right, items in a vending machine. Put Grippos? Me too. Okay, that's <laughs> nice. Cincy, born and raised. Street names? I put Green. Green Street? Probably exists. Has to. Garfield Place? Probably exists. Definitely okay, exists. Okay, well, or definitely. <laughs> Cocky? Uh, things that jump or bounce. A gadget? <laughs> I'll accept gadget. I put a G6 because the 
Kesha line. <laughs> like a G6, like a G, that's um, from like a G6. Yeah, but aren't those like a plane that, I just imagine them being kind of bouncy planes. <laughs> like when they land? Uh-huh. Who is that? It's the Fifth Street Harmony East Asia Alliance. Well. It's by the Far East Movement and the Cataracts. So close. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, menu items. Gnocchi. Oh, good job. Super didn't You're get You're a chef. I know. <laughs> Something you're afraid of. Ghosts. Nice. Gators. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if you live in Florida, they'll come right in your house. That's just what happens, <laughs> yeah. I went to the Tampa Bay Academy of Tricks and Dramatic Arts. <laughs> Beers. <laughs> I don't know. Guinness. Oh, smart. God damn it. She's got to win some. Uh, things that are cold. Gatorade. Hmm. Lovely. No, I did not no, get one. No, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> this is usually about the part where you... I picked her out. <laughs> it's really hard to think of this many things. That's fair. You chose 60 seconds, though. I know. I put the pressure on myself. Weekend activities. Grinding. Gross. But counts. Golf. Grosser, arguably. Hobbies. Golfing. Mm, I could use it for both. <laughs> <laughs> Reasons to take out a loan. Uh, for most people, a G-Wagon, but not for everyone. I almost put guilt, but I don't think that's <laughs> I mean, guilt, I think, does count. Yeah, that's why you take it. Does G-Wagon count? I mean, it's a, a car you'd have to take a loan out for. For most people. <laughs> so we'll allow it. I bet. Then I finished up with eight. And I went back down to five. She's a winner! <laughs> She's a winner, baby! She's a winner! This one's for you, Julie. <laughs> right, well, great game. Valiant effort. You did really well. You did really well and wonderful. You know, you can't see how skilled someone is unless you put another person next to them. <laughs> and that's what competitions. For. <laughs> well, we did that. Thanks for listening. Those of you who did. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you. Obviously, we thank you for bearing with us when we were off for a couple weeks. Um, we gave them bonuses. They were fine. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> they I, were fed. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we're continuing the feast, and we hope Julie joins us back at the table soon. Mm-hmm. And you can still uh, subscribe to our Patreon this month. jibberdy jabberdy flibberdy jibberdy doo Or patreon.com slash takespod. That part. We told Julie that we were going to watch Primal Fear. That was her suggestion for this month, so we might still do that. Oh, pretty, yeah. That's right. Richard Gere, Laura Linney. 90s shenanigans. Love that. Mm-hmm. I love being scared in a primal manner. Yeah, I think it's like a courtroom drama. So it's I'm not, not as... I'm not into it anymore. No. <laughs> I was expecting gators. I was expecting Bayou. So you don't think it's as scary as the title would suggest. I was expecting Richard Gere singing to Laura Linney in a bayou. I'll stand by you. <laughs> layers! So many layers. My brain is breaking. Um, but anyway, it's been a great pod- it's been great podcasting with you. It's been super fun, honestly. Uh, and we will do a bonus this month, so join our Patreon to hear it. Um, and if you get to a certain level on our Patreon, then Nick will read your name out loud from this piece of paper, which Julie mocks him about every single week. I know, it does feel so weird without her destroying me from the inside <laughs> out. How am I supposed to, I will, like, left unchecked, my ego will just expand to I the know. size of the room like I a know. goldfish. <laughs> He's had as much of a grow up as Nick in season two of Heartstopper. I'm like the Grinch. <laughs> Up, cunty. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much to. This is the wrong sheet! <laughs> I 
Everything's different now. <laughs> Don't they make sense anymore? Oh, everything's fine. Thank you so much to Dearest James, Inspiring Audrey, Peerless Pam, Beneficent Bernie, Awesome Abigail, Astonishing Alicia, Lovely Lars, Amazing Anne, Jocular Joel, Astounding Alina, Electric Elise, Luminous Lisa, Marvelous Mareka, Jovial Jenny, Jubilant Jenna, Magical Mandana, Sumptuous 76 Trombones, which reminds me, we do need to watch, I think, the Philippines because there's like an amazing Miss Jade drag queen who is supposedly phenomenal. Okay. And France is good. So if we get back in the swing, this will be good. It's for you, Stephanie. Uh, Magnificent <laughs> Meredith and Crazy Cool Cassandra. Thank you all so very much. We super appreciate you. And we love doing this podcast for y'all. And also for each other. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Takes All Over the Place is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. <laughs> We love you, Frank. <laughs>